Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Tales. This is Mummy Work Welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I am sorry that there has been such a long gap in between birth stories. I yeah, I think I said in the last episode I'd planned to be really consistent over the holidays and over January, but clearly that hasn't happened. I am looking forward to getting back into more of a routine and your weekly podcasts on a Tuesday, and it will happen. I will get there, mark my words. <laughs> but I uh, yeah, appreciate you sticking around um, and coming back for more. So today we do have another birth story episode for you, and I'm looking forward to jumping into that. But first of all, I wanted to talk to you about this week's sponsor, and I'm super, super happy to be bringing you this episode with Bout Fitness. Bout Fitness is actually my gym. Um, I have been going there sort of on and off for a couple of years now and I'm about to start back up again now that I'm getting into some more uh, routine. I love so many things about it and if you're a Mount or Papamoa sort of based mama then this one is for you or dad if you're listening. Um, so they have all different types of uh, fitness levels at their gym. I never feel like uncomfortable or anything when I go there. They have lots of different stations and exercises. It's incorporating boxing which is amazing. I'm such a boxing fan. You don't have to be an expert. You can be a total rookie at boxing. Um, they've got bags and yeah different stations I love the boxing part of Bout but the particular sponsorship for today is talking about Bout's 42 day challenge and it starts in less than two weeks and it is free so if you're ready to tune up your eating and your workout habits after a few too many over the summer like lots of us (laughs) then the 42 day challenge is for you it can set you up with all the tools Um, you get body scans before and after which I've done and the first one is like super confronting because you're like holy crap um, that's me (laughs) But it is really cool to see the sort of changes that you can make um, over the 42 days. You get an individualized nutrition plan. You get um, a tracking app. There's an accountability coach, weekly check-ins, before and after photos, um, all of access to the group boot camps and sort of workout sessions and fitness testing as well. Uh, it's free because they know that money is a big motivator. So if the if you get the results, then you get your money back, which is super amazing. So if you're Bay of Plenty based and you're keen to find a new gym, I am super confident that Bout Fitness will be somewhere that you love. And there's only 15 spaces left in their 42 day challenge. So go and check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, if that is of interest to you, then yeah, make sure you follow them on Instagram at Bout, B-O-U-T underscore fitness underscore so yeah go and find them this week I am bringing you a birth story episode uh, with a beautiful mum named Sandra and she's talking us through her unplanned home birth Um, this is a really interesting episode unplanned home births are always super interesting Um, so I'm looking forward to bringing you that part of the story she did have a miscarriage at the start or sorry in mid um, 2020 and she talks us through that experience so if you're not in the right headspace to listen to a pregnancy loss initially then you might just want to skip through that part 
Once we pass um, the missed miscarriage, then Sandra talks us through falling pregnant with her little daughter Rosie, what her pregnancy was like. She was pretty active, did lots of lo- lots of yoga and had planned to give birth at the birth centre. She did do the Your Birth Project course and another antenatal course as well. And then, yeah, she talks us through her unplanned home birth. So I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback on this episode. I'd love to hear from you. Make sure you send me a message on Instagram at KiwiBirthTales or an email KiwiBirthTales at gmail.com. But other than that, I'm so pleased to be back. I'm so happy that you're here and I hope you love this episode. Enjoy. Hey, Sandra, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Jordan. I'm so excited to tell my story. Thanks for having me. (laughs) No problem. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, so uh, I'm Sandra and my husband's name is Luke. We've been together since the start of uni, so like 11, 12 years now. Um, And we have just welcomed our little girl, Rosie, three months ago. And we have a couple of fur babies, Mavis, our dog, and Nancy, our cat. Um, We live in Morrinsville. We just moved here, actually, only a couple of days before Rosie arrived. So it's been pretty hectic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I bet. It's um, crazy moving at the best of times. Can only imagine yeah. when you're super, super, super pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no gosh. box okay. lifting for me. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Oh, maybe that's the nicest time. Uh, <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. move in. Awesome. Cool. And do you want to talk us through, um, yeah, what the journey was like to pregnancy for you guys? Yeah. So I guess it wasn't really that straightforward. Um, we decided to start trying for a family back in middle of 2020 um so I came off the pill I'd been on the pill for like nine or ten years and I wanted to give it a few months just to like let my body sort itself out um let the hormones do their thing um so I got pregnant in September of 2020 so it happened pretty quickly um, but I ended up having a mis- miscarriage in November. Um, so my friend was actually the one that did the scan for me. So that was like, while it was hard to hear that, it was nice to have it coming from somebody that I knew. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it was quite a complicated miscarriage. So they referred me to EPAC at Waikato Hospital, which is the early pregnancy assessment clinic. Um, and they kind of gave me three options. They were like, you could wait it out, see what happens, let it take care of itself. They could um, give me some uh, medication to take to induce the miscarriage, or I could have a DNC. So I decided to wait it out, and I waited a couple of weeks and nothing happened. Um, so then I decided, okay, the next step, I'll try the medication. So that worked or seemed to work, but then I had quite a bit of heavy bleeding, maybe like a a week or two later. And so we went into the hospital and it kind of stopped while we were there and they were like, okay, that seems like everything's done. And they sent me home. And then another week later, I had another round of heavy bleeding. And so I went back and then they took me in pretty quickly for a DNC, which I was happy about because I just 
wanted it all to be over. Mm. Um, but then I did continue to have like a bit of light bleeding and my body kind of just wasn't sorting itself out. So I went in for a hysteroscopy where they go in with a camera um, and they scraped out the rest of the retained products, <laughs> which was left. Um, but while they were in there, they discovered what they thought at the time was a septum in my uterus. Um, so then we had to wait for a few months until my body kind of sorted itself out so they could go in and do another scan and have a look to see if it was actually septic or if it was just arcuate. And they, so that was like three months later I went for the scan um, and they determined that it was arcuate. So that was good, at least, um, the best of the options. So basically it's just like a heart-shaped uterus. And then after that, we could start trying again. So, but my periods were really irregular. Um, and after like six months, I went to my GP and they referred me to fertility associates. Yeah. Had you had, oh, I guess you'd been on the pill for so long that you probably didn't know if your yeah. periods obviously were regular or not. But had you had regular periods before the miscarriage? I had, yes. So when yeah. I came okay. off the pill, I had like three periods, all pretty regular. Yeah. So mm. I was like, sweet. I wasn't expecting that. So then they referred us to Fertility Associates and we had a call with them. And they were like, oh, you've got PCOS because they mm. could see that I had lots of, um, lots of follicles on my ovaries from the scans that they had done. Okay. And so I was like, great, <laughs> that's going to make things fun. But actually yeah. it wasn't long after the, um, the appointment that we had with them that we actually got pregnant with Rosie. So yeah. that was in February, 2022. So February last year that we finally got pregnant again. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And were you, did you have a hard time mentally sort of recovering from the missed miscarriage and then the complications that came after that? And then how were you feeling when you fell pregnant again? I guess, yeah. What was that like for you? Yeah, I think we only realized like it was because it was tough for my husband too. We only kind of realized right around the time that we did end up getting pregnant again, that we had been un under such a cloud, like mm. it was pretty hard. <laughs> even though we, yeah. like, we knew it was hard at the time, but when you kind of come out from under the fog, you finally mm. realise how hard it actually was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And were you anxious in Rosie's pregnancy about, like, the potential for pregnancy loss or did you just, were you able to sort of put that aside? How did you find that? No, we were definitely pretty anxious, especially in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so we didn't really, um, like, we waited to tell people for quite a while yes. just to yeah. make sure that everything was okay yeah yeah fair enough and did you have a midwife at that stage yeah I did have a midwife oh it, for the mis miscarriage I didn't have a midwife yet so it went through my yeah. GP and then to APAC at the hospital but then yeah. yeah I got onto a midwife pretty early on the second time cool and how were you feeling like apart from the um apart from the sort of 
anxiety around um, pregnancy. How were you feeling physically in your first trimester? Pretty good, really. I think I was quite lucky. Um, Like I was obviously really tired, but Mm. I was working from home at the time. So I would just kind of like take a nap if I needed to, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And like some days I'd feel a bit off, but for the most part, I felt pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And what about the rest of your pregnancy? How did you feel? um, Yeah. in your second trimester and did you do all of the sort of standard testing that's offered in New Zealand? And did you decide to find out the sex of your baby? Yeah. So I felt pretty good. Um, Like I kept pretty active. I did lots of yoga. Um, We did just the standard scans and blood tests and things um I think in hindsight for our peace of mind we should have done the nip test um just for us to know that everything was okay given how anxious we were um so we'll probably do that next time um yeah but yeah pretty active I was doing yoga right up till the week before Rosie came so (laughs) Yeah, I was feeling yeah. really good. Yeah, I changed my midwife at around 23 weeks. Um, so I did the one that I had initially. I'd only had two appointments up until then. There was a couple of other small things that it, like on their own probably would have, like you wouldn't think twice about, but yeah, lots of little things added up. And so I decided to change and I was really happy with um, the second midwife that I had she was awesome yeah yeah I do get a lot of questions about changing midwives or not having a great experience um, with a midwife and sort of what to do did you find that it was like a relatively easy process to swap or what was that like um, so I just went back on the find your midwife website to see if there's anyone available and my midwife summer she was the only one that had any availability in November so I just sent her a message and was like, hey, like I'm, I think I need a second opinion on the care that I'm receiving. Can I have a chat to you? And and so I talked to her on the phone and then went and met her and I just immediately felt so much better with her. So, yeah, I think I was quite lucky that there was actually mm. somebody available and I clicked with her. But, like, with the shortage of midwives at the moment, I don't know. <laughs> like, it could be so hard. Yeah, to find one in the first place, let alone changing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And what about antenatal or birth courses? Did you do um, anything in regards to birth education? Yeah, so we did our antenatal course in Morrinsville, and the lady that runs that is she's awesome. I think it was a really comprehensive course, like talking to my other friends who had babies around the same time and they did their antenatal classes in Hamilton. I don't think they got as much information as we did. Mm. So I think we were really lucky with what, what we got. And I also did the Your Birth Project course. So (laughs) yeah, I thought like for me, I, because I'd, we'd been on this journey for so long, I felt like I had done lots of research already and kind of knew what to expect, Mm. but I thought there was, there were definitely some 
bits in there that I took away, like the fear, tension, pain cycle. Um, yeah. Like definitely little things like that that stuck with me. So I think it was definitely yeah. worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Cool. And did you have many thoughts on like a birth plan or how you wanted your birth to play out? Yeah, so I was actually like super excited <laughs> to give birth. I was a bit weird, but I was just really intrigued to see how it would all go. Um, we had planned to go over to Hamilton to the birth centre. Um, I wanted it to be as natural as possible, ideally, but was prepared for any of the other scenarios. And I wa- wanted to give a water birth a go. So that was kind of what I had in mind. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Cool. Didn't turn out. And what about? (laughs) Yeah, we're about to find out. (laughs) Um, Did you do anything in preparation for birth? Like, were you doing? I know you said you were doing um, yoga, sort of right up till the end of your pregnancy. But were you doing antenatal expressing or like raspberry leaf tea? Any of the other things that people say will help you during your labor? Yeah, so I I did a bit of raspberry leaf tea and a bit of perennial massage. And I tried to do some expressing, but I didn't get anything. So, but I didn't really, like I started doing those things quite late because we hadn't moved into our house yet. So I didn't want to (laughs) like make anything happen earlier than I wanted it to. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. And do you want to talk us through your labor starting? Was it spontaneous? How far along were you? And then, yeah, into your birth story. Yeah. So I was 39 weeks, two days when my labor started. Um, It was spontaneous. So I, I woke up early in the morning. I had some like light cramping, fairly intermittent. And I was like, I wonder if if this is it like wondered wondered if it was going to turn into anything um so I just kind of dozed on and off and my husband got up for work at about 6 30 and I was like oh I'm having some cramping I'm not sure what so he was like okay am I am I going to work am I staying home like what what's happening and I was like well if this is it then I think you should probably go because he was taking our dog to doggy daycare as well. And I was like, I think you should probably go. I don't want her here if this is really happening. So he got up and got ready and off he went. Um, And by the time he got to work at 8.30, I was like, yeah, this is definitely it. And so he went in and was like, hey, guys, I'm having a baby today. See ya. (laughs) And he came back home again. And in the meantime, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today time I had texted my midwife and was like I think you've jinxed me and I'm having a Halloween baby because she was the last appointment she was like right I'm free over the weekend do you want to have an October baby or a November baby I was like um 
I need to move into my house. I'd prefer to have a November baby, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she called me and was like, yeah, that definitely sounds like you're in labor. Um, call me back when you have three contractions within 10 minutes and they last for a minute. Um, so that all happened pretty quickly. I think it was about 10 a.m. So I was had three contractions within 10 minutes. And so I called her back and she had um, told me in my appointments leading up to labor that she would come and visit me. So, and um, do a check just to see how dilated I was um, so that I didn't go to the birth center too early because then they would turn me away if I wasn't dilated yeah. enough. Um, so she came out here at about 11 and I was three centimeters. And so I was like, cool, sweet. This is good. I'm happy with how this is going. Like it was all pretty manageable. So she went off again and we just stayed at home. We were just down in our bedroom. Um, I was kind of just rocking and moving around. I spent a bit of time like lying on the floor resting. Time just seemed to go by really fast. Um, it got to like one o'clock and I was like, oh, this is getting quite intense now. Like, I don't know how much longer I can do this without any extra help mm. in terms of pain. Um, so we called her back and she was like, okay, sounds like it's time to head to the birth center. Um, she had told us when she came here that probably around two or three o'clock would be about the time to head to the birth center. So that's kind of what we were thinking. But by one o'clock I was like, nah, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't last that long. Um, so she, we called her and she was like, okay, you can head into the birth center now then. And so Luke started packing up the car between contractions and I moved into the ensuite and was like just leaning over the vanity. It was starting, it was, yeah, it was getting really intense. And then Luke had just finished packing up the car and my water broke. Felt like a big explosion and it all went down my legs and all over the floor. Mm -hmm. um, but according to him, it wasn't actually that much liquid, but to me it felt like it was <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then the contractions just doubled down immediately as soon as my water broke. And I was like, I, I'm not moving. Like I can't get in, I can't move from where I'm standing right here, let alone think about being in the car for half an hour. So we called Summer back and she was like, okay, all right, I'm coming to you then. Um, and so she had to call another midwife because you need two for a home birth. Um, so she did that. She called the other midwife and then called us back. And she stayed on the phone the whole time that she was driving here, which was good. And I, like, immediately my body just started pushing. Like, I had no control over it. And it was really intense. Like, I was, I was full screen. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's all I could do to... <laughs> manage the pain um yeah. and she could hear me she was like yeah you're definitely like you're really pushing like can you like between the next contraction can you like put your fingers in and see if you can feel a head mm -hmm. and so I did that and I was like okay yep I can definitely feel a head it's about <laughs> <laughs> it's about two knuckles deep 
so like pretty close not far (laughs) yeah not far at all she's like oh okay I'm not sure that we're gonna make it or not (laughs) um so then Luke was like oh goodness me I have to deliver this baby (laughs) um so she's like talking him through everything so he had to go and find some towels which were in a box somewhere that hadn't been unpacked yet um luckily he found him um and then so she was coaching him through like the head will come out facing my bum and then it'll like it'll you'll stop there for a bit and he would have to check to see if the cord was wrapped around her neck or not um and then in the next push or next contraction then she would rotate and the rest of her body would come out and then he would have to use a towel and wipe her face to get her to start breathing and so he's like okay like he's not a stressy person so he was all calm and collected and totally rocking it like he would he would have done awesome but the second midwife she turned up she came running in and I was like full scream Um, (laughs) and she put her hands on my back and she's like I'm a midwife you need to calm down and I was like whoa like in my head like why are you telling me to calm down I can't calm Mm. down like I'm doing all that I can to to handle this right now Um, but once that contraction finished I was like yeah sweet I'm fine and then she's like okay so I need to go and get my bag from the car and Luke's like what no you need to stay here and deliver this baby (laughs) um but she went and grabbed her bag and came back and like put the blue like absorbent pads down on the floor and then the next contraction Rosie just shot out all in one go like didn't didn't wait for her head to come out she just and she had both her hands by her face so you can probably imagine that was fun for the vagina yeah yeah (laughs) um so yeah the midwife had to take a screaming catch um but she did (laughs) thank god yeah um and passed Rosie through my legs and the cord was quite short so I just um I kind of sat back onto my onto my knees and had her sitting in my lap um up against me yeah because she couldn't reach up to come up to my chest so yeah yeah oh my god what a whirlwind (laughs) I know so that was 2.03 p.m that she was wow so it was like half an hour of pushing but crazy me not actually pushing (laughs) (laughs) yeah did you ever consider a home birth like when you were thinking about your birth did you ever think about considering birthing at home I would have liked to like I I definitely thought um like for the second time around that I would want to do a home birth um yeah so I wasn't like I wasn't opposed to it at all like I was totally comfortable with it um yeah. But I thought just to be safe for the first one, it's probably a good idea to go to the birth center. But yeah, 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 didn't sure. make it. Cool. <laughs> you didn't. And did you need any stitches or anything? Did you tear during your birth? Yes, I did. So um, they could see that I had 
quite a decent tear. And so they, um, once I had birthed the placenta, they got me up onto the bed and they couldn't really tell, like they were trying to decide whether it was a second degree or third degree tear. (laughs) The other midwife went and grabbed a chopping board so that I could lie on a hard surface so that they could see (laughs) properly. Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I probably won't be using that chopping board again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It took us a a few days to decide whether we were going to use it or not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they decided it was a second degree tear, so they just stitched me up at home because otherwise I yeah. would have had to go to hospital for a third degree tear. So yeah, that was and did they thing. still just for people who like might be considering a home birth or end up birthing at home? Did you still get the local anaesthetic um, for the yes. stitches at home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I got like seven, um, like seven different spots of local. And that yeah. was the, the the second midwife. She was like, oh, this will be the worst pain of all of it. And I was like, well, don't tell me that. Don't tell like, me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, in the moment, I was like, whatever, sure. Yeah. It, was fi- it was fine. There was a couple that were, like most of them that go into the muscle, it wasn't like I could barely even feel it. But the ones that yeah. were more like surface level into the skin were a bit stinging, but not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. last long. <laughs> They're no. pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. Cool. And so once you were all stitched up, what sort of happened from there? Obviously, you're not having to go anywhere. So, yeah, talk us through the next um, couple of hours at home. Well, we actually did. So we still went to the birth centre. They got – I had some Nutella toast and a, the best Milo I've ever had um, <laughs> to get to get my sugars back up. Um, and then I had a shower and then, yeah, packed up and headed off to the birth centre. So we were at home for a couple of hours before yep. we went. And how did you find the birth centre? Did you think it was worthwhile um, going? Yeah, I definitely think it was. Um, just for like, like we weren't super needy we basically just stayed in our room the whole time but to have people there on call if you need them to help with anything like getting the latch sorted for breastfeeding and then just having all the meals provided was yeah was awesome and it was really good food so definitely worth it I reckon yeah yeah cool and how were you feeling like obviously physically you're recovering from birth but did you notice um your milk coming in or any hormone changes in those first few days um yeah so the night that we got home so we were at the birth center for two nights so then night three was when the cluster feeding happened and we kind of didn't realize at the time that it was happening until it had got to like 5am and we had both been awake. Like all of us had been awake all night and we were just so tired. Um, so Luke took one for the team and ended up taking Rosie out um, into the lounge and letting me get some sleep. And then we also had my mum there as well. So she did another little stint after that so that Luke could get some sleep as well um so yeah my top tip for 
<laughs> plaster feeding is to not both be awake the whole time <laughs> to mm. let somebody like take it in turns and let somebody get some sleep so that you're not both absolutely exhausted yeah 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 awesome and once you went home how did you find the adjustment to motherhood and yeah what was it like um the first couple of weeks and obviously Rosie's three months old now so yeah we'll talk through that in a little bit more detail but what was the first couple of um weeks like for you um I think it was pretty good like I she was just quite sleepy the whole time so (laughs) it was just feed and change and back to sleep again um we did end up getting thrush which um I think put a little bit of a hold on my nipples recovering, mm. um, which wasn't great. But we, so I had some cream to put on my nipples, and Rosie had some um, medication to put. Like I had to give it to her after she'd been fed. So yeah, yeah. Was it yeah. obvious to you that you had thrush, or like what was the sort of signs or symptoms that you had? No, so I didn't realize, and it was just by chance that on one of our visits that the midwife came, that she mm. saw Rosie's tongue, and it was like really white, and which is normal for a breastfeeding baby tongue anyway. Um, but she spotted it, and then was like, "Oh, can I have a look?" And then she looked and could see it on the roof of her mouth as well. Uh, so that's the more obvious sign is that it's all around the inside of their mouth and not just on their tongue Um, and I think normally you can get some like shooting pains in your breasts and your nipples but yeah I just had sore nipples and I put it like I was like oh this is just normal Um, so yeah I didn't realize yeah 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 and what about her sleep, like, in those first few days and weeks? Was she sleeping only on you? Did you try to put her in a bassinet? What was your sleep situation? Um, so we had tried to put her in the bassinet, but the first few days she wasn't really having it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we just took it in turns um, having her sleep, like being, one of us being awake and having her sleep on us for yeah two or three hours however long she lasted until she needed a feed again um so we did that for a few days and then just slowly kind of transitioned her into her bassinet and then yeah she's been in her bassinet ever since so yeah 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 pretty good yeah awesome cool and what about um your feeding journey now like obviously she's about three months old so how have you found um feeding as time's gone on yeah, again, pretty good. Um, I think I have a really fast letdown, so it kind of just squirts out everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah. So she can she can choke a little bit sometimes and coughs and splutters. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's been been good. She we had I got a little bit of a squashed nipple on my right chest in the beginning that I was. Like it was a little bit sore and pinchy, but hmm. as she's got older, she's can get her mouth rounded a bit more, so it's not not as bad now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Awesome. Cool. And do you think that you, if you were to have another baby, do you think you would just plan to have a home birth this time around? Or how has your sort of unplanned home birth experience um, yeah, shaped your view of birth for a potential next time? Yeah, so it's a running joke with our midwife now that we're definitely having a planned home birth next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and like I'm totally comfortable with that because it's obviously where I felt most comfortable. Um, mm. And I think my husband will probably be okay with it given that the midwife will be aware and will know yeah. to get in touch with her as soon as it's happening, so... Yeah, he won't be on his own next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And is there anything like that surprised you or that you've found like pretty difficult or challenging over the last three months that you wish you knew? Like if, if you could tell a mum who's about to become a first time mum, yeah. Is there anything that sort of comes to mind? Um, I think the main thing that I'm, kind of encountering at the moment is like there's so much information out there on like sleep and development and all of that kind of stuff and it's like for me I'm just like that can be quite overwhelming but I'm just trying to take all of the information and and choose what works for me um Mm. and just keep things pretty relaxed and and yeah just just try things and if they work great if they don't Mm. let it go um yeah 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 things change all the time it's it's (laughs) a roller coaster so just doing what works for you in that moment (laughs) yeah yeah, for sure definitely a big um advocate for that as well awesome well thank you so much sandra for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with me i've loved talking to you and you too rosie i've loved talking to you your first podcast um experience as well but yeah super grateful that you are willing to share (laughs) oh thank you for having me i love talking about it it's yeah i had a great experience so yeah planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.